Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Everyone, welcome to My Millennial Money Express. I'm Glenn James and I'm joined by friend of the podcast and regular Vince Scully. G'day Vince, how are you? G'day Glenn, it's great to be here. Now, I just thought, you know, the date today is Tuesday the 3rd of November. Yesterday... Melbourne Cup Day. Melbourne Cup Day, oh wow. RBA meets, US election, what else should happen on the 3rd of November? It's wild, right? I saw an article that popped up in the news yesterday that uh, and I'm reading the ABC headline, REST Superfund commits to net zero emission investments after Brisbane man sues. Uh, there, was a bit, there was a piece in the AFR uh, by Eloise Fowler. The ABC was Michael Slezak. Now, these articles, they don't detail what the settlement amount was, but I just thought I'd grab you, Vince, because mm-hmm. it's an interesting talking point uh, to discuss this, what it means, what it doesn't mean. And I'll, you know, I'll first and foremost say that I'm not a climate scientist. I'm not Andrew Bolt because he's a climate scientist, <laughs> isn't he, Vince? He is. Yes. He's Australia's, Australia's leading yes, climate scientist. That's right. um, but I've got the view that me personally, I'm not a denier of climate change. I think everyone should watch the latest David Attenborough documentary. Uh, if climate change was a hoax, we should do things best anyway. That's kind of my view, uh, but yeah, it's sort of the prudence principle, isn't it? The, well, yeah. We but just, if, you, if you don't know, you should take the the safety line. Yeah, and and this is the thing that's weird. Like you know how like NASA and like we're going to Mars because we need another place to live. Let's just spend the bloody money and fix <laughs> this place. <laughs> exactly, and there's no doubt that yeah, the globe is warming. Yeah, and. It really started warming when we started industrialising and we have a responsibility to look after the place we live in for our kids and their kids. And And to make it better in the now. (laughs) Yeah. So the question really is what can we do Mm. and what should we do? And how do how do we make a difference? Yeah, so Mark McVeigh, uh, he sued REST in 2018 for failing to provide details on how it will minimise the risk of climate change. So, Vince, how did it all start? He kicked the bear and the bear went, get stuffed? That's right. The bear, he, the bear wasn't willing to be poked. I mean, if you go back to 2017, 18, when this was all bubbling around in the the climate change fraternity. The, this young man, who's a student and landscape gardener, I think, uh, landscape designer, um, sought some information from his super fund. He was in rest because he presumably had worked in retail while he was a student and said, well, ha- can you tell me what you're doing about climates or words that affect? And they sort of fobbed him off. And 
that led him to a lawyer called David Barnden, who at the time was running a business called Environmental Justice Australia, which came out of the Environmental Defender's Office when Tony Abbott cut their funding. And they lobbed in a claim to rest in the federal court, broadly saying, why don't you give us the information you were supposed to give us? Mm. And the bear obviously didn't like being poked and delivered something which clearly didn't meet Mr. McVeigh's needs to assess the fund he was invested in. And, and for money that he couldn't get at for 30 or 40 years, when this is likely to be a much bigger deal than when I access mine in three to five years. In 10 minutes. Uh, now, <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. McVeigh alleged that REST had breached the Superannuation Industry Act and the Corporations Act by failing to manage those risks, which could include fossil fuel um, companies plummeting in value or infrastructure being damaged by extreme weather. Yeah, but the first claim was, give me the information that you're supposed to give me so that I can determine whether this is the right fund for me. Mm. And this just goes to the basic hygiene of running a super fund. Commitment to transparency and are willing to explain what you're doing to the members. Remember, there's, you know, every Australian has an interest in this because every Australian has a super fund. And every Australian lives on the planet. That's right. Now, last year, ASIC, the Australian Securities Investment Commission, they announced that companies will face court action if they fail to tell shareholders and customers about climate-related financial risks, like owning stocks in agricultural and construction companies that could be forced out of business by drought, fires, floods, and basically stuff supercharged by climate change. So the thing is, ASIC are on to this stuff on a corporate regulator side of the fence. And I think a prudent director would be onto this stuff because That's right. as a director, you are you owe duty firstly to shareholders, mm. secondly to creditors, and thirdly to employees, customers, and other stakeholders. And you know, if you are being charged with the long-term custody of someone else's money, which is effectively where you are, whether you're a super fund or a company, um, you have a duty to look after that. And super funds are special because they have specific trustee relationships with their membership where they're supposed to act in the interests of their members. And I guess an example of that, Vince, you know, most retail super funds, most industry super funds, because they are managing the money on trust for the members, they won't let you buy penny stocks on their platform because there's just way too much risk for their members. Yeah. Uh, And I'm just reading from the... AFR article, and it's a really good article, Uh, while details of the agreement were not revealed in court, REST released a statement pledging for the first time to join the growing group of pension funds vowing to align investment portfolios to a net zero emissions by 2050, and a report against the task force on climate change related financial disclosures, TCFD, prior to the settlement... Documents lodged in the lawsuit showed REST denied it was obliged to act in accordance with stress testing. It also denied being required to demonstrate compliance with the TCFD recommendations metrics from an international group of regulators chaired by the governor governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney. So all that to say, Vince, REST are basically saying 
we're a private organization. We don't have to squat because we're doing this for our members our way. Is that a very loose way? I mean, that's probably a reasonable summary. But if you look at the sort of the fundamentals of what they are required to do, I mean, they obviously require to act in the interest of members. And the question is, well, what does that actually mean? Does it mean solely their interests as potential recipients of retirement income? Or does it include their current interests as employees in the various funds? So if I'm running the mining industry super fund, I just can't remember what it's called. Um, Mine? No, oh, the, well-being. Mining, the, the mining industry. Isn't it well-being or something? Well-being? <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking. Oh, I don't know. Bloody, there was one. No, no. There was one super fund. Was it Ostcoal or something like that? They changed the name to Wellbeing. I'm going to Google that while you. Okay, that sounds that sounds a plausible marketing ploy. Totally. Um, but yeah. So, do they need to consider the employee, the member's role as an employee, and therefore they should be acting to protect their jobs, or are they solely focused on their role as the recipient of a future retirement income stream. And I think if you look at the, what the CIS Act would say is the sole purpose test says this fund is solely aimed at providing retirement incomes or where is that effect? So I think the member's interest as a retiree is the predominant obligation. So what does it mean? Well, they've got to invest the money. And should they consider other things apart from investment return in doing so? And that's the, the difficult question to answer. Yeah. Because if you believe in the efficient markets hypothesis, you would argue that all of these known risks are taken into account and working the price out. Mm. So the price of BHP today takes into account or should take into account these future risks. And is it possible for REST to know something through further due diligence that the market as a whole doesn't? That's a pretty difficult argument to, to run. So if you say, I want, to do, I want to do something different, then you run the risk of getting different results in the short term. And that may or may not be in the interest of your members. So I, I can sympathise with... So you're saying is that, that risk uh, first to market risk, basically, first to act risk. Yeah, because if you're going to do something, and this is the whole problem with investing, if you're going to do something different, you are going to get different results. And that can be different good or different bad. And if you're going to go bet against the market, it's likely to be different bad in the short term, even if it turns out to be different good in the long term. Mm. And you've got to report your returns every year. So if you're consistently underperforming, you run the risk of members decamping en masse, which is obviously bad for those who remain. So I, I have some sympathy for the position of a director here or a trustee or trustee director, many of whom aren't actually professionals. They're representatives of employer and union groups to a large extent. Mm. And now- they're not professional investors. So what are, what's the they really have to rely on professionals but ask the right questions. And REST, if you go to their website, they're saying, we believe that climate change will impact the global economy in the short, medium, and long term. 
the ongoing transition to a lower carbon economy drives us to continually manage risks to deliver strong investment performance over time. So that's what they've been telling members for years. And then they qualify that by saying, but we largely defer to our investment managers because we believe they're the experts with the experience to make the right calls. And we prefer active engagement and believe that divestment is not always the best approach. Blah, 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 blah. So all in all, you can be sure that your investment is in good hands. That's what they've been telling members for for years. Mm. So what's actually different in what they've agreed with Mr. McVeigh? I'm not sure there's a huge amount. Just a a question, Vince, because I want to get back to the actual lawsuit itself and what that means. And I'll just uh, correct the super fund I was thinking about before. It was Ozcoal and they've changed to Mine Super. I don't know where I got wellbeing from. Um, Oh, Mine, as in a pun pun on my and mine. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, Now, and also, if you know, I would imagine there will be representatives uh, from REST listening to this from the marketing Mm -hmm. team. Well, they're obviously not on Twitter since the last tweet on the website was the fourth of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I looked for a media release to contact them for comment. So, if you are from REST and you want to come on and chat, uh, because we know thousands and thousands of people listen to this crap, uh, mm-hmm. you'd be welcome to have a chat with us and explain your position. Now, it's it's interesting. So, obviously, Mark McVeigh, shout out Mark, how are you? He's gone, I want basic information. You didn't give it to me. Uh, that's a breach of the law. Corpsech, yep. And he's like, you know what? Not good enough. Because a 20, because he's 24, 20, uh, 25, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, you know, under 25, we're, we don't have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of super. So it's not really about yep. the money, this thing. It's about the bloody principle. And I'm, yep. if there's a freaking dog in the fight for something to do about principle, I'm that dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and, and that's what this claim is about. There was yeah. no request for money. Yeah. Interesting. His primary demand was declaration that rest breached its obligations, its equitable duties to him, and he sought an injunction restraining them from continuing to breach Section 52. So this is not a money-grabbing, although I suppose, presume that um, his lawyer is obviously very doing this to be paid. Or some, you know, the lawyers, I've jumped on their website. Uh, it's really great advertisement. Head of equity generation, David Barnden, he said the case sets an important precedent globally. And it does. And I want to talk about precedent because in terms of the law, I'm not a lawyer. You're probably closer to being a lawyer than me, even though you're bush not a lawyer. lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> bush we're, boy. we're bush lawyers. <laughs> but unless it's, may, unless it's been a ruling court, there's actually no legal precedent, but there's this Correct. soft legal precedent that's happened that has basically said, rest have basically gone, we've spent thousands of dollars on lawyers. We're not going any further. Here's some Potentially money. hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Here's some money. Go away. Yeah. Well, it's not... Go away. I try. I don't... I, there's no one saying any money's actually changed hands. Um, and... The statement doesn't really say very much. But you do raise an interesting point that because REST is a a member-owned fund, the costs of this case will flow through to your fund expenses to the extent that the fund indemnifies the trustee or as an investment loss 
if the trustee has to wear these costs themselves. And that's a fundamental difference of risk with the so-called profit from members funds, because profit from members is another word for risk from members. And all of these risks, which would ordinarily be worn by the shareholder, mm. are in fact borne by the members. So again, rests were in a, a difficult position. Do they um, defend their position? And clearly admitting that you breach your duties as a trustee is, you know, opens a whole can of worms as to who else might want to have a go. Mm. So clearly they wouldn't want a judgment that says either in the courts or in the court of public opinion that says we breached our trustee duties, um, a breach of the obligation to give information is probably a slightly lesser offence and I don't think anything in the settlement provides any admission of breach on the parts of um, rest. And as you point out, it's not a it's not a court decision. The case has been effectively adjourned, and they just agreed to both walk away. Which probably comes back to the point that you know what was Mr. Vay trying to achieve? Well, actually, it was really a point of principle. Um, his financial, which he he, he would have potentially could argue he's got a financial loss, but as you point out, his balance is so low, we assume it is. Um, well, you, you could get someone to model for sure. You could, like, but, it would be, but it would be small. And this is the thing, like Mark as a member of Rest Super, mm-hmm. if he as a 23-year-old had $12,000, $8,000 in his account, yep. he yep. has got the same uh, entitlement to rest's highest account holder if they had $902 million, whatever. That's right. So the trustee duty is owed to individual members as well as to members as a whole. Yeah. I'm just going to grab my laptop, Vince. We'll take a quick break because I want to just ask you a couple of things in wrapping up. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Okay, so I've just picked up my laptop and I can't see anywhere... You're such a millennial. I'll, I'll, I'll take out my PDS yeah. out of my library. <laughs> That's right. I can't see anywhere that REST has a specific investment option that's a socially responsible investment option. Now, and the reason I say that, Vince, is I did an episode on My Millennial Money mm-hmm. earlier in the year with the head of responsible investment at Sun Super, and it's not really an ad for them. I'm just using this as an example. I've got my own super in Sun Super's socially conscious balanced fund, and on their website, you can actually go in, and it will tell you pretty much every investment that that fund has. Now they've got some intellectual property and the weightings and all that. They're not yep. saying you know we're investing, you know, five percent in this and. 20% in that. Uh, but it just speaks to this transparency thing. And I can't see that REST 
have a specific fund, but obviously with their mandate for, you know, ESG type of investing, mm-hmm. they're running that lens just on all their investments. Yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly if you look at their pictures on the website, there's lots of pictures of windmills. Oh, yes. Uh, and they, I mean, through their infrastructure investments, they obviously invest in uh, renewable energy, wind farms, solar, through their investments in buildings, they're obviously focusing on you know, energy efficiency because that goes directly to the value of the property. So I think it would be mischievous to suggest that they're not considering this stuff at all. Oh, and I'm not considering that. I'm just I'm just saying they haven't dedicated an option that's 100% screened. Yeah, yeah. and the problem is, well, what screens do you apply? Um, most people start with the the no tobacco guns or illicit drugs and then you move on to gambling porn gambling porn fossil fuels and then you start looking at sort of positively do i positively choose to invest in in those but you know ethics go a lot further than that you know is facebook any less or more ethical than bhp i think i know which one i feel more comfortable with and it's it's not a doesn't have a blue a blue thumb on it um (laughs) and similarly yeah and this is the problem vince everyone's ethical compass is different yeah you know when i interviewed stuart from sun super i said to him i'm like oh your um your bloody portfolio has ownings in fortescue and he's like yeah and i'm like they're mining they're not ethical and he's like well hang on one sec (laughs) it's like they mine iron ore and that's not a fossil fuel. Everything in our house, metal, steel, you know, I haven't seen many buildings not made out of steel. Yeah. So it's that, you know, and there has been people in our Facebook group that have almost had this similar view of me that anything with a tractor digging up dirt is bad. So is a farmer digging up dirt and plowing corn better or worse? Well, he's mining. He's mining corn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm not forming a view there. I'm just pointing no. out that, that everyone is going to have a different view. And where do you start and stop if you're trying to create a product that advertises itself as being responsible, ethical, sustainable, whatever you want term you want to use? Because by doing so, you're setting expectations in the hands, of, in the minds of your investors. Mm. And that may or may not, and I think the jury is seriously out on this at the moment, yeah. that may or may not lead to better returns. There are certainly periods of time where so-called sustainable funds do better, which is largely because mining's had a bad few years. Yeah, And you know, some of the best, in, the highest returning investments over the last 30 years have been tobacco companies. So it's not clear one way or the other whether it leads to better or worse returns. Mm. It's okay for us as individuals to form a view that we're actually unprepared to trade off returns for impact. It's much harder for a trustee to make that decision for someone else. And that's where this all becomes quite fraught. Um, So I'm not sure I'd want to be a, a super fund trustee right now. Yeah, it's uh it's a rough time because it's just so subjective. And I think in my final thoughts, 
you can't talk about this stuff without going to the politics of it. You can't talk about this stuff without going to, you know, every corner of the discussion. But I just think it's so fascinating and I'm hopeful that with this whole climate change thing and a transfer to renewable energies and all that stuff, it's apparent that mainstream governments don't heaps care because their core base doesn't heaps care, right? I mean, I'm, I'm reasonably optimistic. Um, I mean, I think the, the facts are reasonably clear that it is getting – that you know, this is an issue that we should seriously care about. But we, but we have come a long way. You know, if, if you go back to the 70s when we were heading into the ice age and running out of oil, um, well, actually, since then, we've been binding oil faster than we've been using it. We have significantly reduced pollution. We've almost eliminated chlorofluorocarbons, fluorochlorocarbons, whichever way around it is, in aerosol cans mm. and in refrigeration systems. So we have the technology and we have the ability. I'm very confident that as a society, we will fix this problem. Yeah, and I guess to my point, I was saying, and number one, I've got no idea what I'm talking about, everyone, so stop listening. <laughs> you know, um, if the government aren't making wholesale change at the speed of which most of us think they need to, we the people will cause the change and then yes. the government will react. <laughs> so all this stuff with... Uh, with the super funds, super fund trustees are going to be more woke to this idea that, oh, we actually have to not invest in companies and businesses yeah. that are trashing the planet. It will There will be a flow through. Mm-hmm. So, I'm confident that we, the people now, are talking about this and are acting and voting with our mm-hmm. intent, with our dollars and... Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. And I think REST's biggest crime here, to the extent that there is one, is failing to engage with their members. That they haven't clearly articulated what they're actually doing. That there's a lot of weasel words on the website. Mm. But it's not a bad fund. Oh, sorry. I'm making no comment on the fund here. In fact, over time, it's actually been a particularly high-returning fund. Yeah. Whether they're better returns or not, I think the jury's still out. Mm. But the point I'm making is, aside from the fund and its investments, this is about transparency and engagement. And what we've seen here, and the, re- the reason why we have this case in the first place, is that they haven't articulated what they're doing. Mm. They haven't clearly explained in words that they're largely young and relatively low-paid membership who are predominantly in retail Mm. um, and therefore predominantly young and predominantly female are not being given the information they need to assess this and they're not being engaged in the process. I think I'll end this uh, 15-minute chat that's bloody gone on for too long. Um, (laughs) With a quote from Mr. McVeigh, the person who was at the centre of this, today's settlement gives me and rests almost 2 million members the reassurance that we need to know that our retirement savings will be invested responsibly in the face of the climate crisis. Yep, that's a... 
it's a step. We don't know. It, it was an event. It wasn't really much of a, an outcome other than they've obviously said, sorry, Mark, here's some money for the legal fees. Yeah, and we'll probably never know what this cost rest members. No. All right, I've got to go because I'm running late cool. to my next um, All good. meeting. But uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Vince. All right. Talk See you, mate. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorised representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services licence 451289.